Hello, and welcome to our very merry holiday extravaganza edition of Between the Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Odell Public Library. I'm Emily Lenore. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and special guest, Santa Claus. I'm here today. No, I'm Victoria. Just kidding. I'm Victoria Orange. <laughs> On this episode of Between the Stacks, gifts we would give our favorite fictional characters, plus special segments Santa's Secret Stacks, our favorite books of the year, and, as always, Ask a Librarian. But first, some announcements. The Odell Public Library friends have begun raising funds to replace the library's 26-year-old carpeting. Our well-loved carpet has started to show its age, and wrinkling in certain areas has become a tripping hazard, so it is definitely time for a change. The estimated cost is about $80,000 for just over 8,300 square feet. The cost includes materials and installation, labor for removal of old flooring and flooring prep, and moving the books and the shelving. To show our gratitude for your contribution, donors' names will be added to a temporary book-themed display at Odell, made by our very own Emily. Looks adorable. Supporters may donate through the GoFundMe link in the description of this episode or drop off or mail gifts to Odell Public Library at 307 South Madison Street, Morrison, Illinois, 61270. For the latest on this campaign, visit the GoFundMe page or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. And thank you to everyone who has already donated. We really appreciate it. Our small book sale continues, currently located in the computer section. All books are free or by donation, and the selection changes periodically, so check back often for new titles. Virtual story time continues! Woohoo! Catch Miss Katie every Thursday at 7pm on Facebook Live for fun songs, stories, and rhymes. Something that we're both trying for the first time this year. Yeah. The Read Harder Challenge. So there is a website called Book Riot, and they're like a book blog, and every year they do something called the Read Harder Challenge, and they've just revealed the 2022 edition, and there are 24 tasks, which is about two per month, that challenge readers to explore settings, characters, formats, genres, and perspectives they might not otherwise have tried. You can find the list at the link in the description of this episode, and there is a PDF version of the list here that you can digitally check off or you can print it out i'm really excited for this some I'm of the ones so that i've seen the cool things like read a book set in a bookstore yeah read a non-fiction young adult comic we have a few of those read a romance where at least one of the protagonists is over 40 <laughs> read an award-winning book from the year you were born i like that one yeah there's a lot of really cool things in here oh one of them is read a book recommended by a friend with different reading tastes so we could probably recommend a book to each other yeah definitely we, seem, <laughs> we like different books yeah we do awesome so uh, we'll also be updating on the podcast yes with the challenges we complete and sharing our book picks for each and you could also pick up a copy of the challenge at our front desk whenever you stop in the library we are accepting short story submissions still for our short story contest. We're accepting submissions from writers of all ages with brackets for elementary school, junior high school, high school, and adults 18 plus. Submissions should be between submission <laughs> submissions should be between 500 and 10,000 words. 
Winners from each bracket will receive chamber bucks and have their story read on a future podcast episode. So all submissions should be family friendly. You can email your short stories to ask.odell.library at gmail.com with the subject line BTS short story contest before February 1st, or you can also drop it off to us at the library. We thank you for your submission so far and we look forward to more in the future yes this is very exciting and it's gonna be hard to choose it is odell's holiday hours are as follows thursday december 23rd two to five christmas eve and christmas day we are closed new year's eve we're open two to five and new year's day we are closed and last but not least we wanted to welcome our two fantastic new additions to our staff Nikki and Teresa. They are both working as library aides, and Nikki is also continuing her duties as janitorial staff. And they're just some awesome people, so be sure to introduce yourself to them the next time you come in. So it's time for the part of the podcast where Victoria, who's in charge of books, has our December book order list. Woohoo! Includes some great books, and she will tell us about them right now. Yes. So in adult nonfiction, we have a poetry collection by Amanda Gorman, including her inaugural poem, The Hill We Climb. Woohoo! It is called Call Us What We Carry. Very excited to read that. And then we have a nonfiction book from, you guessed it, James James Patterson! (laughs) And Benjamin Wallace. I feel like we should have like his own music for him. (laughs) His like own entrance music cue. for him on the podcast Definitely. because he's here all the time. So he has a book, The Defense Lawyer, The Barry Slotnick Story. And we also have The Sleep Fix, Practical, Proven, and Surprising Solutions for Insomnia, Snoring, Shift Work, and More by Diane Macedo. And we also have Out of Office by Charlie Warzel and Anne Helen Peterson, which is like a look at the benefits of working from home and in adult fiction we have titles from the usual suspects uh, of course mr patterson has a book the paris detective which seems to be a standalone book and we also have criminal mischief by Stuart woods which is stone barrington novel number 60 60 in this 60. series t that's insane <laughs> I feel like at this point, it's his grandkids. Like, this Stone Barrington be. dude, <laughs> like, it's his grandkids. Now. Yeah. Or, like, anyway. <laughs> moving on. We also have The Veiled Throne by Ken Liu, which is number three in the Dandelion Dynasty. Oh. The Cat Who Saved Books by Su- The Cat Who Saved Books by Sosuke Natsukawa. The Secrets of Ashmore Castle by Cynthia Herod Eagles, which says that it's perfect for fans of Downton Abbey. I'm talking to you, Marmy. Hi, Susan. (laughs) We also have The Sorority Murder by Alison Brennan, which sounds super cool. Like, very intrigued by this book. Would you please read us? the synopsis of this book because it's perfect for us i would love to that's exactly why i picked this one to read great (laughs) tell me more i will tell you a popular sorority girl an unsolved murder a campus podcast with chilling repercussions 
Lucas Vega is obsessed with the death of Candace Swain, who left a sorority party one night and never came back. Her body was found after two weeks, but the case has grown cold. Three years later, while interning at the medical examiner's, Lucas discovers new information, but the police are not interested. Lucas knows he has several credible pieces of the puzzle. He just isn't sure how they fit together, so he creates a podcast to revisit Candace's last hours. Then he encourages listeners to crowdsource what they remember and invites guest lecturer Regan Merritt, a former U.S. Marshal, to come on and share her expertise. New tips come in that convince Lucas and Regan they are onto something. Then, shockingly, one of the podcast callers turns up dead. Another hints at Candace's secret life, a much darker picture than Lucas imagined, and one that implicates other sorority sisters. Regan uses her own resources to bolster their theory and learns that Lucas is hiding his own secret. The pressure is on to solve the murder. But first, Lucas must come clean about his real motives in pursuing this podcast before the killer silences him forever. Maybe. And in young adult fiction, we have Here's to Us, which is the sequel to What If It's Us by Becky Albertalli and Adam Silvera. We have How Not to Fall in Love by Jacqueline Ferkins. And we have the first of the Aristotle and Dante books, also coming to Odell, Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Elyre Sines, one of my favorite books. Wings of Fire graphic novel number five, The Brightest Night by Tui T. Sutherland and Mike Holmes, who is the illustrator. We have Karen's School Picture, which is Babysitter's Little Sister number five in the graphic novel series by Anne M. Martin and Susan Tang, the illustrator. And we have a Titanic book, which is one of the Dorling Kindersley eyewitness books. Very cool. And we have The Absent Author and The Bald Bandit by Ron Roy. Is it the Alphabet series? I think so. <laughs> and The Magic Eraser, as well as The Rewindable Clock by Aaron Sarmer. And last but not least, in easy fiction, we have Dinosaurs on Kitty Island by Michael Slack, Group Hug by Jean Rady, and A Unicorn Named Sparkle and the Perfect Valentine by Amy Young. So check out any of these books coming to Odell soon, and you can put any of these books on hold on the Prairie Cat app, or ask any of us to help you and we'd be happy to put those on hold for you. Okay, for our main topic of this podcast, gifts we would give to our favorite fictional characters. I love gift giving. Me too. I give gifts a lot. So, Victoria, why don't you give us your first fictional character? I know I literally just talked about this book last episode. I can't help it. It's my one of my favorites for a reason. And Katie actually just recently read this book. And apparently she finished it in one sitting, which is very rare for her because she's a busy lady. And apparently I'm not allowed to recommend books anymore because she doesn't have time for it. But 
if you love these characters as much as Katie and I do, you will understand why my first gift this holiday season is to Sam, one of the main characters. He and Penny trade off on uh, narrating in the book, and they're both just delightful, and I would like to be friends with both of them. So... Although I live a much more comfortable life than Sam, I can really relate to his struggles with young adulthood and mental health, and we have a lot of the same interests. So I would like to give Sam a set of the films that help make me feel not so crazy. So <laughs> the films are as follows. Francis Ha, which is essential viewing for the 20-something set. Before Sunrise, because it has the charming, bittersweet, poetic vibes he exudes to me. And Amelie, which is a weird and wonderful little French film with amazing cinematography, beautiful music. I love it so much. And also for fun, What We Do in the Shadows, the movie, which is the inspiration for the TV show because I think Sam, as a documentarian, would really appreciate a mockumentary about vampire housemates in New Zealand. It's so much fun. <laughs> so I hope Sam enjoys this viewing experience. Okay. All right. What is your first gift? So obviously, we can't go an episode without mentioning Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. No, it's blasphemy. It's We can't do that. So, <laughs> and truly... Henry Sturges is, like, my favorite, is, like, one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. Like, he is, I don't know, I just, I like him a lot. I can't really explain why. Just a, a short background on him. He was born in England on March 2nd, 1563, and he landed at Roanoke, July 27th, 1587. He was in the last colony, the lost colony of Roanoke. He was part of that. Ooh. And that begins his vampire life. He was a friend of the American Revolution, president of the Battles of Trenton and Yorktown, staunch supporter of the North in its hour of need, advisor to presidents, distinguished himself from the trenches of the Great War, member of the Union Brotherhood, a collective of vampires dedicated to preserving the freedom of man and his dominion over Earth. Sounds like a solid dude. Yes. And if I took this differently, this gift thing. Because it's not like a like a thing, mm. but I feel like what Henry really needs is like company. Oh, like he needs like a person. Because, uh, spoiler alert: his his best friend is killed oh. in the second book. It's it's Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln gets killed in the second book. Oh, he dies. What, what a shock! <laughs> he doesn't die from John Wilkes Booth. Oh, he he dies fighting Elizabeth Dare in like a battle scene. It's a whole oh. thing. Anyway. <laughs> So my gift to him, I wanted to set him up with a therapist who like specializes in the paranormal. Oh, like if that exists, because like this, this probably exists. I I feel like somebody who understands like the plight of this dude who's lived for like 500 years and like he's done all this stuff. Maybe it's a vampire therapist. Yeah. Like get him a therapist who understands like just the, yeah, understands his his condition 
<laughs> his condition, yes. He's he's diagnosed with vampirism. It's terminal. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, no, there's no getting over that. So I think that's a great. Yeah. That was my. That was what I came up with because he he just needs friends, both friends and therapists. That'd be that'd be great. I mean, now I feel like a jerk for just giving Sam like movies well, when he needs like a place to live and a therapist and you know. <laughs> oh, okay. This Henry has everything though. Oh, okay. Because like he's been around for 500 years. Mm-hmm. He's money like doesn't not an object he's got a beautiful house like full of old books and stuff so like he doesn't really need material things yeah so what do you get so like experiences i like and also he's had so many experiences because he's been around for 500 years so what do you get to do (laughs) he needs a fantastic therapist (laughs) and some great friends and that's i would give that to henry i like that would you be friends with him absolutely yeah. Victoria, what's your, your second character and okay. your second gift? Oh. Okay, for my next gift, I'd like to give a gift to one of my favorite characters from one of my favorite books that I hate saying the title of because it's really embarrassing to say the title because it's very misleading and it sounds really cheesy. And it's really embarrassing when your parents ask you what you're reading and you have to tell them it's called Anna and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins. Okay. <laughs> It's only because she meets a French boy. Cause she moves to uh, school in Paris. She goes to boarding school. Ooh, boarding and school. And he's French as well as English. He has an English accent. So I adore the characters in this book. And you should definitely get to know them yourself. So Anna is obsessed with films. And she had a f- job at a movie theater before being sent to boarding school. And she spends all her free time going to the cinema. And she wants to be a film critic when she grows up. So I know that Anna would love the book for promotional use only, which is produced by the independent entertainment company A24. So this book, you can buy it on A24 website. It's a real thing. It's a real book where it says the description, a twister necktie, a Stepford Wives Frisbee, an embroidered satin jacket for the color purple. With these and 160 plus more artifacts of Hollywood marketing excess and ingenuity for promotional use only celebrates the boom era of movie promo from 1975 to 2005. Featuring a foreword by Roger Corman, an essay by Lindsay Zoldaz, and an oral history by Carolyn Gollum. Emily, what's your second book and your second holiday gift? Okay, my second book. I read this in like sixth grader, and like it was in like the young adult section, like it was in my school oh. library. And then later, you know, like working oh. here, I was like, "This is an adult book." Oh my gosh! And I mean, I got through it <laughs> because I read like above my my grade. I like this book a lot. I will read you the synopsis, and then I will explain to you my gift. And also, this is an alternate history book, so, like, obviously this didn't happen. Good to know. Very good to know that it didn't happen. <laughs> this book is called The Plot Against America by Philip Roth. When the renowned aviation hero and rabid isolationist Charles A. Lindbergh defeated Franklin Roosevelt by a landslide in the 1940 presidential election, fear invaded every Jewish household in America. Not only had Lindbergh in a nationwide radio address publicly blamed the Jews for selfishly pushing America toward a pointless war with Nazi Germany, 
but upon taking office as the 33rd president of the United States, he negotiated a cordial understanding with Adolf Hitler, whose conquest of Europe and whose anti-Semitic policies he appeared to accept without difficulty. What followed in America is the history, historical setting for this startling new book by Pulitzer Prize winner Philip Roth, who recounts what it was like for his Newark family and for a million such families living all over the country during the menacing years of the Lindbergh presidency when American citizens who happened to be Jews had every reason to expect the worst. So the main character, Philip, in this book, it starts out when he is, he's a third grader. This is when it starts out. And he loves stamp collecting. That's his jam. And so I would like to find him some rare stamps that he doesn't already have, like some cool ones. Ooh. I think he would like that. That's an awesome gift for a stamp and collector. Yeah, one of the, like the cover has a postage stamp. It's a one center Yosemite from years and years ago, but it has a swastika on it. And that's, Philip has like a, like a nightmare or like a, like a hallucination or something mm. where he like opens his stamp book and like he sees a stamp and it's Aww. got the swastika on it and he's like terrified. So. As he should be. Yeah. Or I'd like to get him like a beautiful, like, I know he has a binder already to put his stamps in, but like, like a beautiful leather bound Ooh. book to put a stamp collection in. I think that'd be really cool too. Yes. Very good gifts. Yes. I love Philip a lot. I love this book a lot. Happy holidays, Philip. I think it I think it really shook me to my core because I was like, Oh Dang. my gosh, yeah, I bet. What if? What if? All the what ifs. I was terrified. Understandably. Okay, so Victoria, what is your third character and your third and final gift? My third character is a very famous one, but he is one of my faves. He is Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. And I would just like to confess that don't feel bad if you've seen the movie before you s read the book because I saw all of the Lord of the Rings movies a at least two or three times before I read any of the books. So I finally read them in college. I took a class with my favorite lit professor where we read the lord of the rings trilogy the hobbit the silmarillion and an assortment of other writings by tolkien and even though it was a ton of work for one semester it was just so much fun and now those books have so many good memories attached to them beyond just watching the movies with my siblings so one of my favorite characters from the lord of the rings books is obviously samwise he is just the epitome of a good friend, and I couldn't think of anything he'd really like more than a cozy night at home in the Shire with his wife Rosie and his kids, eating good food and drinking good wine and being as far from Mordor as possible. So although I would probably just give him a really nice home-cooked meal, I did think that, you know, they make those scratch-off maps of the world so you can mark everywhere you've been. Yes, those are cool. They're very cool. I would love to give Sam a scratch-off map of Middle-earth so that he can just look at it and revel in how many places he and Frodo traveled on their way all the way to Mount Doom and back. So I think he should be reminded daily how much he sacrificed to protect Frodo and Middle-earth. He sacrificed so much. 
and all the different places that most hobbits in the Shire have never seen and all the creatures they've never met. I think Sam should give himself more credit. My last book. This is a book I read in September and I cried and it stuck with me a lot. It's called The Editor by Stephen Rowley. He is an author of a couple of books, William the Octopus, which I need to read, mm-hmm. and also The Gunkle, which oh, is brand yeah, new on our new that. shelf. So, after years of trying to make it as a writer in 1990s New York City, James Small finally sells his novel to an editor at a major publishing house. None other than Jacqueline Kennedy Anasis. Jackie, or Mrs. Anasis, as she's known in the office, has fallen in love with James' candidly autobiographical novel, one that explores his own dysfunctional family. But when the book's forthcoming publication threatens to unravel already fragile relationships, both within his family and with his partner, James finds that he can't bring himself to finish the manuscript. Jackie and James develop an unexpected friendship, and she pushes him to write an authentic ending, encouraging him to head home to confront the truth about the relationship with his mother. Then a long-held family secret is revealed, and he realizes his editor may have had a larger plan that goes beyond the page. Mm-hmm. The main character is a writer, and I feel like mainly all I could give him is the gift of time to write. Ooh, yes. But, like, I also want to get him something physical. I feel like it'd be cool if he had a typewriter. Mm, yes. Oh, I love it. Or some beautiful, like, notebooks to, like, jot down ideas. Yes. And some fancy pens. Can confirm as a writer all these gifts. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I love the character, James. I, he's great. It's wonderful. I love this book so much. And... I'm excited to read it. Or maybe I'd get something to remind him of his time with Jackie, too. Because, like, she passes away during the book. Like... Maybe I'd get, I'd get him a copy of, like, one of her favorite books. So that concludes Final our gift. <laughs> That's the end of our gift-giving segment. Okay, so for this month's special segments, we are... We have some holiday-themed ones for this episode. It's the time of year. Obviously. But... Bees versus and Terminal Velocity Valentine. We'll be back. They're not leaving. They're still here. No. They're but just they're going just on a little taking vacation. a back seat for this episode. They're taking a holiday. Yes. It's their holiday vacation, of <laughs> course. So, for our first holiday segment, we have something called Santa's Secret Stacks. And we had our coworkers, the fellow librarians, fill out. Secret Santa forms. It's like a questionnaire, like your favorite book, sport, colors, food, restaurant, music, activities, snacks, like your your generic like favorites list. Yes. And we are recommending a book for each person based on their answers on this list. Hence, Santa's secret stacks. Yes. He's got these books stashed away they're, just for these people. They're yes, our beloved co-workers. So our first recommendation is for Katie. And she filled out her Secret Santa form as her son, Elliot. And so for Elliot, he likes trucks. And I hope he hasn't read this book already. <laughs> but I'm recommending for him Little Blue Truck by Alice Shirtle. And illustrated by Jill 
Mick Elmery. And it's very cute. This truck is named Blue. So he's like a 1930s approximately blue truck. And this is his story. On the cover, he's got, he's hauling around a bunch of farm animals. Like he's got a horse and a cow and a pig and a goat and a sheep and a duck and a chicken and her chick. Looks super cute. Oh, and a frog is driving. So <gasps> that's an important fact. That's, I mean, I think he can drive himself. Yeah. But like, currently the frog is sitting in the driver's like seat on the cover. Yeah. No, so. No. That is my pick for Elliot and Enjoy Elliot. Victoria. Alright. Give us a book. My first recommendation is for Lisa, our dear coworker. And I think based on some of the books that I know that she's read, she would enjoy this book that I have not read yet, but I it's on my list. It's been on my list for a long time since I found out about it when they made a movie that's on Netflix. So it's called The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. And I will read the synopsis. January 1946. London is emerging from the shadow of the Second World War. And writer Juliet Ashton is looking for her next book subject. Who could imagine that she would find it in a letter from a man she's never met, a native of the island of Guernsey, who has come across her name written inside a book by Charles Lamb? As Juliet and her new correspondent exchange letters, Juliet is drawn into the world of this man and his friends, and what a wonderfully eccentric world it is. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society Born as a spur-of-the-moment alibi when its members were discovered breaking curfew by the Germans occupying their island, boasts a charming, funny, deeply human cast of characters. From pig farmers to phrenologists, literature lovers, Juliet begins a remarkable correspondence with the society's members, learning about their island, their taste in books, and the impact the recent German occupation has had on their lives. Captivated by their stories, she sets sail for Guernsey, and what she finds will change her forever. So, I hope that Lisa would enjoy this book. Alright, who's next, Emily? Okay. It's our director, Meredith. And I think I have a book she would like, and I can't really explain how. You gotta go with your gut. <laughs> I was wandering through the stacks. As one does. As we do, yeah. Just, like, like, thinking. Let the book speak to you. Yes. And I loved reading this book. And I also feel like Meredith would like this book. But this book is The Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin. And I will read the synopsis. If you knew the date of your death, how would you live your life? It's 1969 in New York City's Lower East Side word has spread of the arrival of a mystical woman, a traveling psychic who claims to be able to tell anyone the day they will die. The gold children, four adolescents on the cusp of self-awareness, sneak out to hear their fortunes. The prophecies inform their next five decades. Golden boy Simon escapes the west coast searching for love in 80s San Francisco. Dreamy Clara becomes a Las Vegas magician obsessed 
with blurring reality and fantasy. Eldest son Daniel struggles to maintain security as an army doctor post 9-11. And bookish Vara, Varya throws herself into longevity research, where she tests the boundary between science and immortality. Both a dazzling family love story and a sweeping novel of remarkable ambition and death, The Immortalist probes the line between destiny and choice, reality and illusion, this world and the next. It is a deeply moving testament to the power of story, the nature of belief, and the unrelenting pull of familial bonds. That does sound like something Mary would like. Who's next on Santa's nice list? The next person on Santa's nice list, I have a book that she will hopefully love. I know I already recommended this book, but it was before I met Teresa, and I think that it would be perfect for her. Hopefully I'm right. But one of my favorite books that I read this year, This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal El Motar and Max Gladstone. First recommended by the director Meredith. Yes. So it's the circle of... The circle of the book. But since I already recommended that one, I also wanted to recommend a book that I completely forgot about until we were trying to do this challenge. And I thought of this book that I read in like junior high so I'm not sure if it holds up but I remember liking it a lot it's called Feed by M.T. Anderson and it's one of those classic like like Brave New World type sci-fi books where it's just about a future society what consists of you know humanity at a time when technology is taking over and you just ah. don't know what <laughs> what the line is between humanity and this new intelligence, you know. Oh no. It's very good. <laughs> if a little weird. Cool. Cool. Okay. And then our final staff member. So I think Nikki would like this book. On the list, she put her favorite movie was atrocious and it's a a movie it's one of those found footage types so it's like oh, like Blair Witch yeah, yeah it's like that I think it takes place in Spain and obviously it's very paranormal so I just found out about this book and I think she would like it it involves ghosts so this book is called Sparrow Hill Road by Shannon McGuire Rose Marshall died in 1952 in Buckley Township, Michigan, run off the road by a man named Bobby Cross, a man who has sold his soul to live forever and intended to use her death to pay the price of his immortality. Trouble was, he didn't ask Rose what she thought of this idea. It's been more than 60 years since that night, and she's still 16, and she's still running. They have names of her all over the country. The girl in the diner. The phantom prom date. The girl in the green silk gown. Mostly she just goes by Rose, a hitchhiking ghost girl with her thumb out and her eyes fixed on the horizon, trying to outrace a man who never sleeps, never stops, and never gives up on the idea, claiming what's his. She's the angel of the overpass, she's the darling of the truck stops, and she's going to figure out a way to win her freedom. After all, it's not like you can kill her. You can't kill what's already dead. Whoa. Okay, that sounds so she was, amazing. So I think Nikki would like this book. And I hope she does. Hopefully they will enjoy all of the books we have recommended. Yes. And if you have enjoyed any of the books that we have recommended you on this can... podcast, please let us know. So now for our final holiday end of year segment. 
Yes. Our favorite books we read this year. Yay. So, Victoria, would you like to list off your books? I would love nothing more. I have read more in the last year than like the last three years combined. College really burnt me out on reading. But then coming to the yeah, library. That to you. Yeah. Coming to the library has really helped refresh my reading list and I feel like I've read a lot of things that I wouldn't have if I didn't have coworkers who read as much as I do and you know. They have different tastes, so this is sort of in order, but my favorite books that I read this year are, number one, of I, course. I already said this, but <laughs> this is how you lose the time war. It's so freaking good. Just go read it. It's amazing. <laughs> and at number two, I have Fun Home by Alison Bechdel, which is an adult graphic novel and also one of my favorite Broadway musicals. And number three, I have I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson, which is a young adult fiction. Yes, it's a young adult fiction novel. And one of my other favorite books, The Sky is Everywhere, is by her. So I really enjoyed reading another one of hers this year. And then number four is actually a book my sister gave me last Christmas. It's called In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Mercado. It's adult creative nonfiction. It's a really well done sort of memoir type thing. It's written in a way that's totally unique to any sort of nonfiction that I've read. So I highly recommend that one. And then number five is actually a book that I'm currently reading, but it's already like one of my favorites. It's so good. It's called The Deepest Breath by Meg Grian, which is actually junior fiction. And I am definitely going to be recommending that Katie check it out because I feel like she would love it. It's so good. So yeah, that's my top five. What are your favorite books you read this year? I have a problem where I don't remember what I've read. <laughs> and like my New Year's reading resolution is to like write down books I've read. That was mine last year. That's why I remember how many I read. <laughs> that's great. That'll be my project for next year. So... I'm having a hard time remembering. Mostly this is like the five books I remember reading last. <laughs> but my first book is One Friday in April, A Story of Suicide and Survival by Donald Antrium. And I forget how I came across this. I feel like I found it in one of the bins for Interlibrary Loan. This book just like, like took me by the shoulders and like shook me a little bit. I like felt it in my soul. So the author, Donald Antrium, he's a real dude. It's a memoir. It says, One Friday in April reframes suicide, whether in thought or action, as an illness in its own right, a unique consequence of trauma and personal isolation, rather than the choice of a depressed person. I feel like he wrote, he writes so beautifully, and it's really short. It's like 200 pages. Like it's, it's, I don't want to say it's nothing. It's a very short book. Yeah, it was. It's a great book. It's, it's important good. for the next book I can remember reading this year. <laughs> this is a really good book. It's No One Will Miss Her, and I also flew through this book. And you look up the author. It's okay, 
We just got it in. I think it's... It's probably still on the new shelf. It's by Kat Rosenfield. It's got such a plot twist in the middle. Ooh. I, like, flew out of my chair. (laughs) Not really, but I was, like... Holy cow, I literally... Like, no one saw us coming. Ooh. Like, it's a shot out of the dark. Like, it's wild. It's a murder mystery. Okay. My next book is nonfiction. Because that's where I usually hang out. <laughs> I read a lot more nonfiction this year than fiction. Because that's just where I live. That's what you usually do. Two books by Mary Roach. One called The Packing for Mars. And the other called Stiff, The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers. I didn't realize that was the same author. It is the same author. She's wonderful. She also just wrote Fuzz about the animals breaking laws. She She's great. She writes so many cool books. And just like wild topics like that you'd never like read a book about. But Super. she does. I just love the way she writes about stuff. And I think she's really cool. And great books. Okay, and for my last book. These were not in order either. Because I just, I love them all. My last book is Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. I have to, like, confess here that I did watch this series on Hulu before reading the book. But I would have never read the book probably if it weren't for the Hulu show. Oh, man, you should have saved that for... There's one uh, challenge on the Read Harder list that's to read a book that you've watched the movie first or... <laughs> okay, you know what? There's more. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty. I so, like, I'll be fine. Red. Yeah. I love the characters. John Yossarian is this, like, he's a dude who really wants to go home and, like, he can't. And he causes all sorts of chaos to try. There's a couple things he does that are, <laughs> like, they're, they're, like, they're not good. Uh-oh. It's not a crime, but, like, it's highly it's advised against to try to get home faster. <laughs> Milo Minderbinder is another character and he's like he's like capitalism in a nutshell, like that's what he is. Oh. And like he he will do deals with anybody. He becomes the mess officer, the person in charge of like the food. It's it's wild. He gets all sorts of gourmet food. He's like, all right, this is what I want. Lamb. I can get this from Scotland. But what does Scotland want to return? Mm. Well, I can get that from Germany, who we're also fighting. But that doesn't matter because this is different. This is this business. This is gourmet food. Yeah. It's like, it's wild. I've been meaning to read that for a long time. Milo so. Minderbinder is chaos. <laughs> it's, he's, oh man. Also, I love another character. Or he's always tinkering. He can build stuff. He can, like, tell you exactly how the plane operates. He's a bomber pilot. He gets really good at crashing the plane and surviving. Oh, That's his thing. And also, we cannot forget, major, 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 major. Is that his name? That's his name. <laughs> his father was drunk oh no and the mom was like all right we've agreed on this name for our son his last name is already major and the father oh absolute stupid move because like he's drunk yeah 
he writes out the birth certificate as this kid's name being major 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 and then when he gets in the army he's promoted to major oh, no. and so his full <laughs> title is major 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 it's oh that's oh, the that's best comic relief the whole thing it. they're yeah. just yelling at him like major major oh boy it's beautiful okay those are those are my books so our final segment as always is ask a librarian and we yes. thought we would take this opportunity to tell you what you should get your favorite book lover for Christmas. Yes. Victoria, would you like to go first? Yes. Okay, great. What are they? So first I have to do a shameless plug for uh, Odell. If you don't have a library card, if your your book lover doesn't have a Now's library card, the time. now is the time. Other than that, something I have on my list that I'm hoping my family got me <laughs> is a personalized book stamp. So something that says from the library of Victoria Horn. Yeah. So you can put it in all of your books and people will know that they're yours. So, and always a nice collector's edition of your favorite book is nice or a cool coffee table book, something uh beautiful high quality nice book or some good old bookish apparel which i really love out of print or lithographs the graphs are so cool i love those i have too. a shirt from them basically they just take all like the entire book and they like write it out on a shirt and like it's a really small print yeah but, like it's and they cool. make like images and stuff you can, with you the can words. do it's like, you can um, do custom ones too so you can if there's someone in your life who's written a lot like enough to put on like a a pillow or a scarf or that'd be a sick a blanket present yeah you can upload their work and they will print it like obviously this might this might take like it takes a while because like they have to custom print custom it. made yeah but like if you order it now you might get it in time or maybe you'll just get it in January and it'll be a late gift. And that's cool, too. The late like, gifts are good, too. Yes. It's still an awesome gift whenever it's given. So like, Yeah, man. That's super cool. Awesome. Okay. What would you recommend? It's my turn. Signed books. They're great. So cool. One time I bought a book and I didn't know it was signed. And I opened it and I, like, screamed. My mom was like, what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just freaking out because like this book is signed i didn't realize it <laughs> also my other gift idea is a home library kit i love this idea and i've been wanting to do some of my books for a while where i have like a card catalog for them there's one from knock knock which is a company that sells notepads and so this kit comes with like book cards and then the pockets you put in the front of the book and a due date stamp and like cool stuff like that so so you can get your books back if you lend them out you can keep track of them if you have a question for ask a librarian send us an email with a subject line between stacks at ask.odell.library at gmail.com and that's it for this very merry holiday extravaganza episode yay tune in january 17th in the new year for the next one and until then happy, happy holiday, holiday reading, reading. Between the Stacks is written and hosted by Victoria Horn and Emily Lenore. 
Special thanks to our, the entire Odell Library staff, library board, and friends of Odell. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons who support the library, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast.